Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. Uh, as uh, we are live, Clint Sterner's Football at Four. Clint is out today, but Wade Smith, 12-year NFL vet, uh, is in the building. I can't, I can't wait to talk to John. I wonder if McLean knew this story. Because John McClain is with us, presented by Horn Solutions. We got a lot to get to, John. I don't know. I don't know if you heard this story from from uh, from Wade Smith yesterday. Wade Smith told <laughs> us yesterday, McClain. He said he had things that ended with the Eagles. Correct? Yeah. Things that ended with the Eagles, and he was going to shut it down. He got a call from the Titans to come in. They called my agent. My agent said, "Hey, Titans want you to come in for a workout." I said thanks, but no thanks. It was either retire or or play for the Titans, and it was a you know a good little sum of money, John. And he chose retirement rather than playing for the Titans. You ever heard that story? I've not heard that story, but it tells me Wade invested very well with his money. That and that I don't mess with the Titans. <laughs> he is Wade. Really, he really cannot stand the Tennessee Titans at all. He said he refused to to pick up checks from the Titans. So. Oh, that was interesting. But John McClain with us as we are here, Clint Sterner's Football at Four, live at Moe's here in Katy. So make your way on down here. John, is there – listen, the Texans have clearly been playing a lot better the last three weeks. They took the Cowboys and the Chiefs to the brink, and then they beat Tennessee, and now they've got Jacksonville coming up. Is there anything in your mind, anything in your mind that can happen the rest of the way that could keep – Lovey Smith here as the head coach next year. I would not think that Nick Casario would wait till the last two games before he's decided if he thinks Lovey should be back. He's seen Lovey for two years. He worked closely with him last year as a defensive coordinator and associate head coach because they were switching to a four-three, and Lovey had to explain all the players, kind of players they wanted up front and at linebacker, and so then they've worked really closely since the offseason. He sees Levy meetings and practice and and talks to him all the time, and and nobody can deny they haven't played better. If they were to win these last two games over Jacksonville at Indy, it means they would have played well over the last five games, and that'd be very encouraging. But the defense has showed a lot of promise. Fewest touchdown passes in the NFL, 12, the rating for opposing Quarterbacks, 84.4. That is eighth. They've got 22 takeaways. That's ninth. Most of the teams ahead of them are all have winning records and are playoff contenders. And they also have the second most snaps for rookie defensive players behind the Bears. And if Derek Stingley Jr. had missed what's going to be the last six games, they might have had the most. And we've seen a lot of promising play out of players like Jalen Petrie and Christian Harris and Stingley and Jake Hansen and and then on offense course with Damian Pearson, I think Kenyon Green's going to play, and that's good. He needs all the snaps he can get. So I think it's very encouraging for the future, but I think Nick's probably got his mind made up. He'll make his recommendation to the McNair family, and you know they're not going to say you can or can't do this. That's not the way they've operated, and so we'll find out shortly after the season. Hey, John, you, that was interesting. You said he'll make his recommendation to the McNair family. For you, what? How do you sense the relationship and how the McNairs feel about Lovey? 
Well, everybody likes Lovey. Everybody respects Lovey. Lovey's a great guy. You know, he's got a lot of experience. But, you know, they expected to be the team to be better. We all did. And uh, it's been, the offense has been a huge disappointment and just a huge disappointment. Davis Mills has been a huge disappointment. Even with Damian Pierce, the running game's averaging like 89 yards. There's a lot of things that have to happen on offense. But uh, I know the McNairs like him. But I also know they like David Cully, and it's going to be up to Nick Casario uh, to make his recommendation. And I don't see the McNairs I'm going to say, no, Nick, that's not what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. That is just isn't the way they've operated. So, so you think no matter what has happened over the past couple of the past couple of weeks and what's going to happen over the next two weeks, Lovey is going to be out and Nick Casario is going to be looking for a new head coach next year. No, I don't say that way. And I don't know because I knew three weeks ago, and this would have been five good games at the end of the year. And Casario knows what he knows about behind the scenes. So I think that uh, I can't imagine the last two games would determine in his eyes where he wants Lovey back or not. And uh, although it would certainly bode well and get people more fired up about next season, even though it would blow the first overall pick and they're desperate for a quarterback like Bryce Young. And by the way, you know, he'll be on at 11 tomorrow. CJ Stroud will be on at seven o'clock tomorrow. I can't wait to watch both of them. I've tried to watch um, almost every game they've played, but no, I, I have no idea what Casario is going to do now because their performance on the, over the last three games has stunned me the way they were playing before that when they were getting physically mauled and embarrassed almost every week. What do you think has been the biggest change, John? John McClain with us, presented by Horn Solutions. What, As you said, it has been a huge change. When you remember, and I'm sure you were there, Washington, Miami, Cleveland, those Ooh. games. What do you what do you think has been the change? Because this is a complete 180 from those performances from this team. Well, the guys have always played hard. On both sides of the ball, they play hard. And when they get down... You know, they, they keep playing hard. You know, when they get a lead, we always figure they're going to blow it because they've done it so many times. If you go back to the first game against the Colts when they were up 20-3 and three in the fourth quarter, they've had a lead or been down within a touchdown in the fourth quarter of a lot of games early. And then that midway point that started with Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans abusing them, then here came the Commanders abusing them, and they – and uh, and then I didn't think they're going to win another game, and I, I and that people say, well, they beat Malik Willis. Well, they beat Ryan Tannehill in Nashville last year, and so uh, who's to say they wouldn't have beaten them if Tannehill hadn't been had been healthy? But they're playing hard. They've gotten some younger guys healthy, but they got a lot of injuries, as you guys know. They they when they played the Cowboys, they had six starters out, four on offense. And without all those players, they continue to play better. I think backups, young guys, they played very well. Look at Ogboa Kalankwa. He started the last six games. One of them, he had goose eggs. But in the other five, he's got four sacks, five tackles for loss, six hits on the quarterback. He has really come on since he's been put in the lineup, and he's playing for money because he signed a one-year contract. And uh, it just seems like, you can drive the ball on the defense, but it's hard to score because they are, I think I looked it up and I wrote it, so I shouldn't know it. They're like seventh or eighth in red zone defense. 
and they've been pretty consistent all year. And, of course, offensively, they haven't done anything consistently. But the defense gives up a lot of yards but isn't giving up a lot of touchdowns, especially touchdown passes despite playing uh, Dak Prescott, Mahomes, Tua Tungvaloa uh, in this stretch of uh, five of the stretch of their last five games and then the last three in which they played so much better. And I think – I know I've been shocked. And if I'm shocked, I'm sure a lot of people are shocked. John, Larry Tunsil has come out and, and said that he, he wants to get a new deal that's going to reset the, the tackle market. Um, Hello. How, how, how do you, how do you uh, see Nick Casario handling this situation with having a, a Pro Bowl, potentially all-pro left tackle that signed a, a short-term extension of three years um, he's played it out, played very well. Um, what do you see him doing and handling with this Laramie Tunsil situation? He's got another year left on his contract. Titus Howard has one more year left on his contract. You know, they should be bookends for a while. Tunsil's first year here, he helped him get in the playoffs. They hadn't done squats since he got here. It's not his fault. He missed 12 games last year with a thumb injury. And uh, this year he's he's played great as a pass as a pass protector, which is his specialty. When he signed his contract, it was the highest in NFL history for an offensive lineman. And uh, I'm sure they'll. I don't know if they'll make him the highest paid again, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna get a raise. And if he they can't come to agreement with him, they could franchise him in 2024, or they could draft a left tackle with some of these draft choices they've stockpiled over the next two years. John McLean here with us, presented by Horn Solutions. John, um, I, you mentioned uh, you mentioned C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young, and they play tomorrow. And obviously the games that C.J. Stroud are playing in are obviously of more importance and have meaning to it. He has a chance to play two games – one against the best defense in 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 the uh, in college football, and not just the best defense, but the most NFL like talent against Georgia, and then potentially Michigan or TCU, especially Michigan, who've got a lot of guys that are going to get drafted as well defensively. Is there anything for you? Because I I believe talking to you, I feel like you've been a Bryce Young guy, but is there anything that you think C.J. Stroud could do over the next couple of weeks that says, "Hey, I uh, I can feel different about this." Well, first of all, this is only this college. Your play at college is only a very small part of the evaluation process. And by the time they get down to the draft, people aren't even be talking about what they did in college. I don't like it. They're going to be talking about what they did at the combine, senior bowl practices, private workouts, pro days, meetings. Uh, when you bring in thirty players to your facility and how they were when you met them, it's just amazing. Could teams screw up? anymore if they had nothing but game tape to watch. And Stroud has played the last two years with greatest receivers in college football. The best, one of the best ever is going to end up being in college. Marvin Harrison Jr. is fantastic. And Stroud's played well. He's streaky. I've watched him not do squat for a half, throw four touchdown passes. Throw two early, go through two quarters, not do anything, then throw two more. Where Bryce Young who I think who's, they tell me he's going to be closer to 5'10 than 6 foot. He's listed 6 foot and 194. He's, he just has everything you want 
in a quarterback except the size, and size is not a big an issue now as it used to be, but you better have somebody who knows how to coach a quarterback who, who is of that size and has a system that fits what he does. And, uh, you know, some people have Will Levis rated second behind Bryce Young. Some have him first over both. Levis, I mean, over Stroud and Bryce Young. But all I know is until we get to the combine and and then they have their workouts there in the pro days, it, those three could shift. But I sure hope it's Bryce Young. John, all things being considered, am I crazy to expect the Houston Texans to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? You hear that word he said, Sunday? John? No. Expect. They've expect? beaten them nine times oh, in a row. John. They've beaten them by an average of 12 points a game. They beat them in Jacksonville this year. Of course they can beat them. Yeah. To you, Doug Peterson's trying to get his team to think Texans and telling them things like, it's been 85 games since we've beaten this team because they're thinking Titans, not Texans. And he wants to win because they've won three in a row for the first time since 17. They're 5-2 and two over the last seven. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has 14 touchdowns and one interception, and they're playing well but they're going to be looking ahead. And based on the way the Texans have played weight, of course, if the Texans win, it's not going to surprise many people because they always beat the Jaguars. But if Jacksonville ends the streak, that won't be surprising either because they got it going. John McClain presented by Horn Solutions. John, you are my sexy soda brother at this point now, and I love you, John. But expect like, – like that's the key term. I think that I think the Texans are capable – like, yeah, if they play the way they've played the last three weeks, they're capable. But this is the worst team in the NFL. It is hard for me to expect the worst team in the NFL to walk into a game and beat anybody, let alone a team that's probably going to make it to the playoffs. I, just well, I certainly them. don't expect them to do anything but lose. That's why I pick them to lose every game, <laughs> including this one. And when they win or play well and play good team close, it shocks me. John, I wanted to get this from you because we, we discussed this earlier. Do you think this team, just I'm talking about the entirety of the season, do you think this year's team is better than David Culley's team? Is Lovey's team this season? I know the record is what it is, but if you look at it, the entire 17 weeks, do you think this year's team is better than last year's team? Ask me when the season's over. You know, they win these the last two over. games like and finish on right a roll. They got a better running back with Damian Pierce, but he's out. Davis Mills has not played as well as he did as a rookie. They've got they not getting blown out by last like last year's team did in a few games. But is it better? Boy, I couldn't say that. I mean, they're they they won two games and they won four last year. If they win the last two, they'll be a half game better. How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean that's truthful, but I know what your eyes say. Like I just like for me. It is so hard. I am so disappointed, and I think it's because I had such a higher standard, John. I'm so disappointed by the coaching overall. Like, I, I never in, a wildest, in my wildest dreams that I think they were going to take this level of a step back at offensive coordinator. I feel like that is the part that is really pushing me. I agree 100%. The offense has been terrible. Davis Mills. Thank you. Pep, Hamilton did a good job coaching him last year, but, boy, Pep, play call and utilizing his talent some of those calls he's made down on the goal line his talent. You know, I, i'm what shocked talent? what talent what are we brandon talking cooks about has, right brandon cooks has been been worse Man, worse than he was last year no, no, no. 
Brandon Cooks has been worse than he was last year. Davis Mills worse than he was last year. But the defensive line and the offensive line have been markedly better this year than they were last year. And that translates to being a better overall team. Rushing the passer. They're better stopping the run than they were last year. They're terrible this year at it, but they're still better than they were (laughs) last year. They have improved on that side. Jalen Petrie wasn't there last year making plays in the back end. He's making plays there. I think this team has improved over what it was last year. To me, it's a it's a it's a, a indictment on how bad they were last year, but I think that this team has shown improvement. If you're Lovey Smith, you can point to a lot of John McClain just laid out a bunch of stats that I didn't even know. Eighth in red zone defense, that's a big deal. That that determines, you know, winning and losing ball games when you have something going on the other side of the ball positively, which for the majority of the season the Texans have had. And like they took a step back there, but I just think overall what I've seen out of the Texans they look like they've improved over what I saw out of them last year overall. Yep. What, right. And the I think it has to do with your expectations, too. Your expectations yeah, of no, what they were going to do true. offensively ahead, made, made you feel that way, I think. The offensive line hadn't given up a sack in four games. One, Jeff Driscoll ran out of bounds, his fault. The last one, Davis Mills held the ball so long, so long I thought he was going to take a nap. That wasn't on the line. Most bad teams have a huge discrepancy in sacks and sacks allowed. The Texans are equal, and that, John, that is amazing. John McClain, our senior writer here at SportsRadio610.com as well at Gallery Sports. What you got uh, coming up? Uh, what stories uh, do you have for the people to look at? I've got stories on SportsRadio610.com about this game, to, to win or not to win for the Jaguars and the Texans. And then I've got uh, my weekly five plot lines to determine the outcome on gallerysports.com. And I've got a, uh, I do Mondays, I do a video every week with Mattress Mac wrapping up the weekend and looking ahead. And guys, thank you very much. And I hope you have a happy new year, Wade, Ron, and Tyler. Same thing to you, John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. You can also catch him uh, on the Utopia podcast, him and Sean Pendercast. Three times a week, they get you ready each and every week uh, for the Texans moving forward. Coming up, I want to touch a little bit something that John pushed on. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, is there anything that C.J. Stroud can do? Many of you are, 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 are against Bryce Young because of his size. Is there anything that C.J. Stroud can do coming up this weekend? My man right here is nodding his head yes. Is there anything he can do? to make you shift gears on what the Texans should do in the draft. That's coming up next. Stick it up everybody's butt. It's a Miller Lite football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Live from Moe's Place in Katy, here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. That's right. As we are closing out the year, uh, T-Mill, myself, Clint, Clint's not here. Clint is out. Uh, Wade Smith is in his place today as he's been – most of the week, we're having a good time out here at Moe's, so make your way on out here, 2 to 6, uh, as uh, we'll be here till 6 o'clock. I might be out here a little bit longer than 6 o'clock, you know, and after, you know. The I guy is ordered, drunk! Uh, hopefully my trainer, Red, is not listening, just ordered a, a pizza. Oh. Because you know, uh, Tyler, you know Red. Tyler, come on now. You know what he told me? I, I, had, I had my trainer today, you know what he told me? What did he say? I see you on social media. Cause I see, like I, I've, I've learned, like my man, he follows me uh-huh. and the station. Okay. We can't. I came in on a weekend. I go Monday, Wednesday, Friday to him. 
I walked in on a Monday. Red said, didn't say nothing to me. Just walked in. So the first thing he said to me, big city wings, huh? Five-round-ass <laughs> tennis shoes. And I, I said. He said, I got something for your ass today, I huh? I said, what? He said, yeah. yo, yeah, man, I caught you. Mm-hmm. Big city wings. He said, I just figured all those beers that was on that table that you was at, that you, that you definitely didn't just pass on all of them. He said, baby, let's go. 100 push-ups. Let's, let's kick this thing off. We talked about it yesterday, man. If you had the vodka and, and water, that's zero calories, bro. There you go right there. Let me do it in stages. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So college football. By the way, are you all excited about the college football playoff? Do, do people realize that's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's going it down. It is tomorrow. Michigan, TCU, and then Michigan is a eight-point favorite. That feels strong. Right, the year that TCU has this had. They're you disrespecting think it, the Big 12 right now. Do you now. think if they beat K-State it would be that big? I do. I, I think people are very impressed by Michigan. What they get, what they did against Ohio State, I think a lot of people were really impressed with Michigan. But I've watched, I've probably, I don't know how I many, I've probably watched TCU seven times. Right. Like, that. that's a slap in the face. Eight points. I think Michigan. people. Maybe I, Georgia, but Michigan, that's a slap in the face. I think people just look at it as Big 12, Big 10. And there, there's an inherent bias to say Big Ten, SEC, the, the quality of football played there, quality of sports played there is better. And so they're going to they're gonna put that into play when you're putting the lines together between Michigan and the TCU. I just look at TCU, man, and they're, they have won every ball game this year, and the one game that they didn't win – it came down to overtime. Like it was one. It was a very close ball game. So and they played well, tight for like two and a half quarters in that game. And that was my fear with them. They played tight early in that game, and then finally late in the third quarter, they kind of let it go and they started to look like the TCU that that we've seen. There ain't gonna be no tight no in this game. TCU right? has nothing, nothing to, to lose. Yeah. They're they're gonna come in this game and say nobody expected us to be here. Nobody deserved to be here. The line is eight points. We just gonna come out here and play ball. And Michigan is the opposite of that. Everybody's expecting oh, yeah. them to win yes. the game. Jim Everybody's Harbaugh, expecting yeah. them to win convincingly. What they did against Ohio State, they're expected to follow that up with another similar performance. To me, this is the game. If you're gonna pick an upset between the two, TCU and Michigan, this is the game where I can see Max Duggan doing something crazy, like he always does, and just finding a way to win it. Doing just playing out of his mind like he does, you know, shaking off three tackles, throwing the ball deep, making a play, putting the ball down, running it, and scoring late in the ball game to win it. I, I can see that being the case with with, with TCU. Against is this Michigan. is this man cave for you tomorrow, Tyler? Is this or these, oh yeah, these I'll be games? locked in. It's locked in man cave. I wondered, I wondered if this was man cave. I wondered if this was something you're really into. By the way, like with Michigan, like. I know Donovan Edwards has been really, really good as their as their backup running back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like at some point, right? Doesn't your Heisman Trophy candidate, maybe the Big Ten Player of the Year, Blake Corum, at some point that <laughs> missing him is going to hurt you? Right? At some point, you would think as the competition gets better. Now, you know they didn't miss him against Ohio State. Like I said, Donovan Edwards went crazy, had a seventy-five yard touchdown run. And I think uh, uh, an 80-yard touchdown run, both two of them in that game. That that's one to watch. But from the Texas Texans' perspective, the next game, Georgia and Ohio State. I think for Texans fans, all eyes are on C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud 
It's crazy. C.J. Stroud was the was the the number one quarterback coming out of the coming into the draft for much of the year. Yeah. Like even over Bryce, you know, Bryce had won the Heisman Trophy, but I think the size and, and, and situation like that, C.J. was the number one quarterback. Now I'm consistently seeing him third behind Will Levis and Bryce Young. For Texans fans, for you. Are you watching this closely enough to where you think maybe C.J. Stroud can change your thought process, make you think differently at all on what the Texans should do in the draft? I think you have to look at him differently over these next two games, potentially if he's able to pull it off. But a lot of it doesn't necessarily have to do directly to what he does or doesn't do. The fact that Justin Fields has played at such a high level over the past month and a half for me has opened my eyes to even entertaining an Ohio State quarterback to be my franchise guy. Because what you saw out of Justin Fields last season and what you've seen out of him earlier on this year, you thought to yourself, yep, just like, just like we've always thought, Ohio State quarterbacks, they come in the league, they're yep. not what you think they, they, what you want them to be. Same thing happened with thing? Florida you quarterbacks. You think that's a thing with Ohio State quarterbacks? You think that's a realistic and, and, thing? I mean, can you name the guy that came into the but league so and played at a high level? The guys are different, right? Like, there was a thing with Texas Tech quarterbacks until Patrick Mahomes Exactly, but somebody, right? somebody, somebody has to actually do it. And, and, and until he did it, because, I, okay, I look at it like this. So, um, what's my quarterback that plays at Mississippi State now? Will something. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't think of his last name, I but Will. That be, quarterbacks that played in Mike Leach, Offenses and systems probably are looking at them like, uh, I don't know, Cliff Kingsbury, all these type of guys like, "Ah, I don't know. But once once Pat Mahomes does it, it opens your eyes and says, well, maybe it isn't just their system, guys. Maybe certain guys have traits that can allow you to translate to the NFL. And so I think Justin Fields doing what he's done over the past month or so has made you open your eyes and say, you know what? maybe we should look at this C.J. Stroud guy and give him a chance. And so C.J. Stroud, once you open, once your eyes are open to looking at him and it actually giving him a fair shake at being the number one overall pick, number two overall pick of the draft, if he does something on the last two weeks of the year against some of the best competition in, in college football, it has to open your eyes and say, maybe we ought to consider this guy because when you're comparing him with the alternative of Bryce Young, there's things that C.J. Stroud has that Bryce Young doesn't have. Size, durability, these type of things that are important factors that you have to keep in mind yeah, when you're drafting Stroud a quarterback had, to be if, your guy. If he had Bryce Young's creativity and accuracy and what he and does at the end of games, defenses and clutch and all be, these things, he, he would be you know, what question. Trevor Lawrence has been. Yeah. It would be that. For me, man, I, I don't think he can – I'll just say this, and I know we got to hit off. I don't think he can change my theory on taking him over Bryce. I don't think in two games he can make me say, hey, the Texans have the number one pick. They better take C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. I don't think he can do that in two games, but he can make me feel better if for some reason the Texans win these last two games and the Bears don't, Mm -hmm. and they have the number one pick and a team trades up and wants to get Bryce Young or something like that, and they can't get Bryce Young. It would make me feel better about him being a secondary option, right? Because I remember when the Colts drafted uh, Andrew Luck, the Washington R's weren't upset 
like, oh, damn, they took him. They were like, RG3, we got rated very close to him. That's good. I, could, I could see the Texans feeling that way about it. All right, we got to get to this. This is a simple question. It's not much of a tease, but it's something that you need to think about and we're going to s- discuss coming up next. Would you be willing to give up multiple picks, including a first-round pick, to get Sean Payton? I'm going to tell you, show believes hell yeah he'd do it, and I'll explain why coming up next. No, 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 and no. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Live from Moe's Place in Katy, here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. That's right, Clint Sterner is out today, but uh, it is the final show, Tyler. It's the final show of the Just year. Just of the, the year. Drive. Yes. Just of the year. Yes. <laughs> of the year. Hopefully in the next uh, hour 20, we don't do anything to, to get this thing shut down. There was a very loud young lady just there. Yeah, oh, could, could, you can hear that? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, just a little bit. She's fired up right yeah. there. Fired up yeah, on a football a, Friday, you baby. Just put them on a table right there. The question, a, the question that was posed to me is pinball a sport? Is no. pinball a sport? Tyler says no. Ooh. I said I'm not sure. I know it was a game that I played as a youngin that I enjoyed. I don't, I don't know. And, you know, she sport. just qualified for, like, the national championships. Pinball? Tyler says it's not a sport. I'm judging Ron, whoever she is years. for even suggesting that's a question. Yeah, Wait a minute. It's pinball Let's not disrespect Moe's place and the customers. I'm not disrespecting. I, mean, I don't know. 713-572-4610. Trailer will and frame. Text line. Is pinball a sport? That's, I have three. I have three yeses. Tyler, hunt, four hunt yeses. Down. Like, I have, I, I have a, there's a no, there's a no, there's I'm about be four no's and four yes. Is Pac-Man a sport? Is your name Amy? It feels Amy. No. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. What, what is it? What's your name? Aaron. Close. It was close. Aaron. I, yeah, good job. Aaron, I, I'm leaning towards it is not. But I, I want to. But I asked her, can you tilt the hard. machine? And she said, you can Cheryl, tilt the machine. Cheryl that is, takes athletic ability to tilt it in, a, in the proper way to stay Keep like, the game going. Sounds like cheating, but uh, <laughs> but that's it's illegal, so it's not cheating. It's uh, like for me, a spades a sport. Spades is not a sport. Now, see, then I don't think it's, it's a game. Scissors a sport, I but you have to be game, talented to be right? good at it, and you have to be a good cheater to be you good. Have at to it. be yes, and I am excellent. It's it's spades. I would I would say dominoes is a sport though. Like right, but I'm like, from Texas, and so we see, think I about think things dominoes different. is a game. Like I, I would say, dominoes is a sport. You if know. you play space with me, am, I'm, I'm, am I capable of giving myself the big, the little joker, and the ace? Yes, I am capable of dealing if you allow me to deal. Marking cards and all that? I'm, a, I'm capable of doing that. Yeah. Sit out. Se- Damn, so. Well, uh, 713-572-4610 is pinball a sport. I don't think so. I really, I, I really don't. Text line said if it involves sorry, competition Aaron. and there's a payday, it's a sport. I, no, I, I mean that's that. Okay. And All right. If you win, do you get money? This is sport. All right, let's get down to business. It's not a sport. I'm, if you I, compete, I win. So, hey, if, hey. so if a driver picks one hooker in a group of five, that's a sport? Where what? do you come from with this? Where Tyler. do you come from? What, they're all, they're the all, com- they're all off competing. The off the they're top row. Com- what's going on here? Listen to me. He's brought up dominoes. They're we competing. We as a... <laughs> You said the texter said if it involves competition and there's a payday, it's a sport. If there's a group of hookers competing for one man's business and he chooses one, obviously there's a payday, so that's a sport. But how do you how do you take it to hookers? 
We're taking it to spades, We're dominoes, about spades dominoes, and you and come pinball. off the top. And I would say those hookers. are all equal, just if about. If hookers compete, damn, see, that's why we call you horn dog teeth. Come on, Tyler. That's why. None of those things are a sport. That's my point. Tyler, if it's shown on ESPN, is it a sport? Cornhole. No. no. Cornhole has become a sport. If it's shown on ESPN, the Ocho, it's not necessarily a sport. From the text line, it's on ESPN. Is it's the, isn't it the sports network? Yeah, isn't that the and, name of it. And, and MTV is music television, and you never see any of that anymore. You don't that see is, videos, is, but they still is, have music on there. And that was quick on your feet, Tyler. That was pretty good. I am still watching Teen Mom, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me. I'm invested. Okay, I can't quit. I've gotten this far. I cannot quit. <laughs> Tyler, we're, we're, we're basically split down the middle on. Has walked off. All right, sport no, no, or not sport. no, we got to get down to business. Text line. I Listen, one of my biggest issues with the Texans and their hiring process that is a scenario, some of you try to act like Nick Casario doesn't have, hasn't made a lot of decision-making in the hiring of David Culley and Lovey Smith, although y'all are trying to try to somehow convince yourself that a guy that had a job for 20 years and been waiting to be a general manager to run the show coming from New England, decided to come here and then would go and hire two awful hires. Thanks, guys. Like, Appreciate it. Like David Culley and Lovey Smith and then waltz up there and say it's his, his decision when it's really not. Okay? I, 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 can't, I, I cannot go with that. I'm not going to say maybe it wasn't fully his, but I think that Nick Casario had a lot to do with it. Okay? So I have not loved the process they have gone through with hiring coaches. I think this time around, they need to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, hell, plan D. I don't know what plan Lovey Smith was, but if that was plan B, that's a problem. I guess not. Okay? I don't know what it was. But I want to tell you what my plan A is, fellas and ladies out there listening in the drive family. My plan A is Sean Payton. Sean Payton damn near by any means necessary. And I will come full disclosure why I'm here. The Houston Texans are in a situation that I lived through. I watched in 2012 the Kansas City Chiefs be the worst team in football, have two wins, go 2-14, and 14, have a player shoot himself after he just killed his girlfriend at her house at the facility in front of the entire coaching staff and front office, flying banners over the field, having a young owner whose father is well thought of and loved within football circles like Lamar Hunt, just like here. Now, the Texans haven't had anyone killing themselves, thank God, in the facility. But I'm just saying they, they were in a tough spot. And Clark Hunt was someone talked about by the fan base saying, oh, he don't care about he don't care about winning. He lives in Dallas. He just wants to fill the seats. He doesn't even live here. Yeah. He don't even live. He don't care as long as as long as Arrowhead Stadium is full, he's cool with it. But what he did was he made a decision. He hired Scott Pioli, who was the hottest name out there, the top guy. It didn't work. He pulled the plug and fired everybody. Cal, Cal McNair hired Nick, Nick Casario, who was a respected guy. I believe in Nick Casario. My number one move would be to do what Clark Hunt did. Clark Hunt said, damn it, Andy Reid 
for some reason happens to be available. He is a guy that is one of the best offensive minds, Sean Payton. He is a guy that has shown to be able to rebuild bad teams, Sean Payton. He is a guy that can be what you need. And he brought him in and said, it's all yours. I'm not going to let you leave. Andy Reid had a meeting scheduled with the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't let him leave. They said, you got control. You can help hire the general manager. He hired John Dorsey. Then he got rid of John Dorsey's ass when John Dorsey wanted too much power and brought his own guy in. But he went out and said, Andy Reid's available. He can change. That's the best football mind that's available. I'm going to give the keys to him. I would do whatever it takes if I were Cal McNair to get Sean Payton damn near. I've not given up multiple first-round picks. But if we look at it, John Gruden, he went for first-round picks. Bill Belichick, when he was traded from the Jets to the Patriots, went for picks. For me, I would give up one of the first-round picks, not obviously the highest one this year. Hell, I would be trying to push one of the ones for next year. I'd give up a first-round pick. Hell, to be frank with you, I'd give up a first and a third to give to get Sean Payton here. Because if we haven't learned any damn thing, Wade, in the last couple of years, coaching matters. It matters big time. And if you tell me I got Sean Payton and I can draft Bryce Young, who looks like he's got a skill set that's real close to somebody Sean Payton has worked with that is in the Hall of Fame. In fact, I think he is a little bit more talented than Drew Brees. Put those two together. I feel like you could turn your organization around. And I know some of you here, first round pick? Hell no, show. You must be snorting coke. You must be crazy right now. No, there is not a first round pick in this draft outside of Bryce Young in this draft or next year's draft where the Texans will draft that is more impactful to the team than Sean Payton. Andy Reid took a team from 2-14 and 14 immediately to 11-5 and five in the playoffs in one year, and he drafted an offensive tackle who's just okay with the number one pick. They can change it. To me, that is plan A, and Kyle McNair should do whatever it takes, including moving on from Nick Casario, whatever it takes to get him in here. I know many people, and Wade, I could see your eyes when I said I'd give up a first pick, a first round pick. I'd give up a third. But I'm telling you, that is the way to turn this thing around. So I love the way you laid that out. I love the idea of Sean Payton being a head coach, but I absolutely hate the idea of giving up picks to oh, make I know it happen. you do. I hate that idea. This is the thing about it. You gave a perfect example of bringing a guy in that is a quote-unquote guru that's going to change the program, what went down in Kansas City with Andy Reid. But the part that you left out was Clark Hunt did not give up picks to get Andy Reid. He didn't have to. He didn't have to give up picks. And to me, that's a deal breaker. If you look at what the Texans had to do to get these picks and what the Texans went through, to get these extra picks they got, I ain't giving them up. I'm using those picks to get players because that's what the Texans did. They got rid of players. They got rid of very talented guys that are in Arizona and, and 
in where did where did Clowney go? He went to Seattle and he's in Cleveland now. You got you got rid of Dwayne Brown. All these really good players that you had, great players that you had on the roster, they all got traded away. Well, guess what? I need players back in the building. And Sean Payton, 10 years ago, maybe entertaining the idea of giving up picks makes sense. You think he's but old Sean and washed? But Sean Payton, I don't, I'm not saying he's old and washed. That's what but he's not the same. Said. The text line might have said that. But Sean Payton today is not the same guy he was five 10, that's what they said about Andy. 15 years ago. That's what they ago. said about Andy. No, no, but Andy, no, no, that's not true. Because, no, 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 because Andy Reid. Remember when he Andy, left Philly? No, 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 remember Andy, when he left Philly? The dream team, and they went 4-12, and people was Andy like Reid had one bad year. But all those years before then, he was going to NFC Championship games. He was going to Super Bowls. He was consistently playing at a very high level. Yeah, I said he went to Super Bowl. He went to AFC Championship games. He went to NFC Championship games. He went to four of them, I believe. Five. I shortchanged him, <laughs> even more to my point. I help you, but, but Sean Payton, in the last five years, what have we seen? Things ain't quite been the same there. His, and a lot of it has to do Drew Brees. You know, his arm he wasn't was working the same. Drew Brees. His arm he wasn't was working the Drew same. He was still getting Drew Brees to the second round of the playoffs. He was still getting Drew Brees to the second round of the playoffs. I'm with Sean Payton. He was bringing James Winston in to throw deep balls. But let's not give no. up picks to get him now. We but, gave up too much what, to get those picks. But who? what is the pick that's going to be more valuable than Sean Payton? Like, I would understand if we're giving up this okay. first-round pick. But you're getting your quarterback. Understand. That's the one. There's other coaches out there that you can get that you don't have to give up picks to get. That's the, the thing but, but about these, it. But these, but these are hopes again. And I'm, I'm not saying Sean not, Payton is a hope. Uh, Sean, Sean, Sean Payton is going to have options. He's going to have options. He's going to have options. No, listen, I'm making Sean tell me no. And I'm, and I'm not afraid of giving away a first-round pick. He's going to give it all up. Just not all. Sean not all. You got four. You got four first-round picks in the next two years. Would I give one of them away for Sean? Yes. Understand that the, 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 the New Orleans Saints have to okay it. Whatever, whatever you're willing to give, they, they are going to hold you over. The, if you want my guy that, that stepped out on us, I'm going I'm to attack you to give. That's what I said damn near. I'm going to you I said to damn near. Now, if they're going somewhere crazy, like two first-round picks, then you can kiss Why my not? ass. You kiss my, they may. Uh, you kiss my ass. I said I'm damn near willing to give everything. I'll, I'll give a first and a third, and if it came down to it, i give a first and a second. Listen, Sean Payton as a coach, I think he still got it. Sha- I think Payton, that Sean Payton as a coach Sean? will Somebody allow free agents who want to come play for Sean Payton. 52? 50. I think Sean Payton with Bryce yes. Young would be an excellent combination. Tell, tell He's 59. He's, is he 59? That's not even that That's old. Okay. That's, That's not old, old today. No, That's Joe not Paterno old. Ki- that's not a joke. Paterno, like He'll what? turn that was, 60 that in a few days. Or actually just turned 59. <laughs> All right, let's go to break on Joe Paterno. <laughs> Joe we got to pick this up later. That's, there's somebody yeah. else that's Should old. Are we that talking about Joe Pa? That's yeah, there's somewhere else. Pa. That All right, we give you the latest here. Trevor Lawrence, we are not sure if he's going to play in the game. We'll give you the rest of the injury reports. All that coming up next. 